Hello, fellow travelers. Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel. I am your host, Sam Fain. And this week has been a little odd compared to the last few weeks of sort of constant content. Content. Um, as you can probably tell, I have been dealing with a virus. Um, I went to the doctor. It's not COVID. It's not you know flu or anything like that. But uh, as the medical professional uh, reminded me, there's a lot more out there than just um, the big ones. And uh, doesn't mean they're any less nasty. So it's been tough week it's been you know tech week dress rehearsals previews for the show um we finally opened as well um so it's been busy 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 uh, amidst all the the other regular life stuff so um that's one of the reasons why there hasn't been much uh there have been a couple of things scheduled that that didn't end up really kind of taking the form that I thought they would, but were no less beneficial uh, and, and wonderful and amazing. Had some great conversations with some folks involved with the show. Um, sounds like things are really, really, really exciting. Um, and, and people are very excited for these last five episodes. Um, I can't really say much more than that. Probably because I don't know much more than that, um, and I'm and I'm grateful for that. This is one of those situations where it's like I'm glad that I don't know much um, because I think that we're we're in for some incredibly emotional storytelling over these last five uh, episodes, and uh, I think everyone's going to have uh, a chance to do some really really cool stuff. Uh, some things that I do know, some things that I have been able to glean um, that that I will that I will share. That's pretty much out there on social media in one form or another. Um, obviously, filming started again on Monday. November the 27th. Um, some of the folks that were, were called on that particular day included uh, Ray and Caitlin and Mason. Um, I, you know, we can pretty much verify that just based off of like Instagram posts and, and, and such. Um, Nanrissa uh, was not called on that day, but it does look like she was called on Tuesday. Uh, Mason is pulling double duty. They are also filming uh, Sandman season two, pretty much at the same time that they are filming uh, Quantum Leap season two, which is exciting and amazing and wonderful and incredible. Um, and I, I'm so I'm so pleased for them. You know, there's so much going on. And if you followed any of their social media recently, you can kind of see that since closing uh, their run in Cabaret, they've been sort of doing some vacationing and 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 just. Kind kind of soaking in a lot of cool stuff, uh, did a, a convention appearance, I believe in Denver, I want to say this past week. Um, and, and yeah, just lots of really, really cool stuff for Mason recently, which is awesome. Uh, it's so great to be able to see, uh, like Ray, um, you know, and, and Caitlin and, you know, and everyone really posting more on social media, talking a little bit about the show, sharing things about the show. Eliza has been doing the same thing. Um, I believe Eliza was also called now that doesn't necessarily mean that she will be in episode 209 could be that they were filming something else um the leap out who knows it could also mean that maybe she is in 209 so um you know something certainly to, to keep an eye out for um you know, I'm certainly kind of in the midst of trying to schedule some more stuff, some more interviews. It's been difficult, you know, due to the holiday. I certainly haven't wanted to pester too many people, um, you know, just with the nature of getting filming started and, and, and everyone being so busy. Um, so I've been very, uh, I'll just admit it fully to you listeners and, and, and viewers. I have been very um, gentle, I guess, so would be the word that I'm going to use about approaching people right now for interviews and stuff. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of great stuff the past couple of weeks. Um, and, and, and certainly I hope to have more, I know for 208, there's something in the works that I think people are really going to enjoy. Um, you know, I, I had an actor interview scheduled it, again, it kind of became something else. So it's not, it's not something that I'm going to, uh, um, 
be able to share. Uh, uh, but uh, hopefully we'll get something rescheduled and do that again. Um, but there's been, yeah, there's, there, there's obviously there's been momentum, there's been movement, there just necessarily hasn't been anything that I've been able to confirm yet. So I don't necessarily know that I'm going to have anything for 207, a kind of magic. Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to audience reaction for the episodes from December 6th and December 13th. We've got a kind of magic, which is the uh, witch trial episode on um, uh, December 6th, again, episode 207, A Kind of Magic. And then for 208, uh, Nomad, um, that's the big Egypt, uh, Egypt, Egypt episode uh, coming on December 13th. Um, they're both fantastic and they both have a lot going on in very different ways. Um, I think that something that this season has really, truly nailed in a way that the first season I don't think was ever able to completely embrace just due to the nature of the ongoing storyline and the mystery uh, at the project and in present day is the way that this show can be such a vehicle to tell different kinds of stories week to week to week. And and, and they can genuinely really make that mini movie week, 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 week after week. Um, you know, certainly that's not to say they didn't do a lot of genre hopping and, you know, do some interesting and fun stuff in the first season. And, you know, everybody knows I love the first season, but, but this season has just been so much stronger and, and, and they've been able to embrace that form of storytelling and really put their own stamp on it um, in a way that they were starting to do, uh, you know, at points kind of in the back half of the season in particular. But this season has been such just a leap forward, no pun intended. So uh, I think these last couple of episodes really helped to um, be emblematic of, of that. And um, I think people are really going to enjoy them. I know that I did. Um, I, I, you know, I've seen some bits and pieces here and there, some other behind the scenes stuff from these two episodes. Um, I will just say for a second, I don't normally say stuff like this. Maybe it's cause I'm not feeling great. Maybe it's cause I'm just feeling angsty in general. I've seen some, some, some posts out there from some of the larger media outlets and it's unfortunate that, um, they, they seem to have such tunnel vision and, uh, are focused so much on the clickbait because, uh, no one, regardless of what they title their article, has spoiled anything for these episodes. Um, no one has really been able to dig very deep into some of the stuff that's been going on behind some of this stuff. And no one has attributed uh, properly some of the information that they have been um, um putting out there uh, and certainly have not been paying attention to some of the hard work that I know some people have been doing for the past, you know, year and a half, nearly two years now when it comes to this new series. And, um, you know, some of the people, including myself, quite frankly, that have had information long before anyone else had it. Um, and, uh, and, and, and had, you know, quite frankly, had I not shared certain things, um, early on, um, it never would have, it would never would have hit certain places. So, um, it is what it is. And I'm not going to say anything more. And I hate to be vague, too vague about it. But I just think that it's important to note that, you know, a lot of the stuff that's coming uh, out and that we've seen from some of these outlets, um, it's, I don't know, it, it, the interviews, obviously, with with, with, uh, with people involved with the show are always great. And I love hearing what that they have to say. But I just feel like a lot of the, um, the other writing that that's occurring about the show right now, while I'm thrilled for the publicity uh, that the show is getting from it, and I'm thrilled that people are talking about it and writing about it and reading about it. Um, some of it's pretty hollow and that's unfortunate because the show deserves better. And I would certainly challenge some of these, you know, writers to do better. Um, quite frankly, not that they're listening or paying attention to this podcast, because if they were, they would have been able to attribute some certain things to them. But 
that's really neither here nor there. And I'm genuinely not bitter about it. I, I actually don't care. I just wish that they were, you know, again, doing better by the show, which deserves it. Um, I'm moving right along. Uh, I think that production um, on these last five episodes um, is, is going to, you know, kind of come fast and furious i mean they're already almost done with 209 um 210 will start immediately after that that is an episode penned by shakina um there was a casting call that went out for a a trans actor um to uh play a role in that episode so i'm really looking forward to seeing um the the storytelling um in 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 210 um and uh i've i've heard through the grapevine that uh 213 the season finale um is something that they're you know the the folks working on it are, are are very proud of so i'm very eager to see where we get to um with that finale it should be very very cool um as far as podcast news and notes um jj uh, and i have got uh, something planned that we're very uh, excited about looking forward to um which will happen post um 208 uh, nomad um we're going to do uh, a special episode then and have some you know some cool uh, artwork uh, uh that jj will have worked on uh, as well as some behind the scene videos on the patreon channel of course if you're interested in seeing the behind the scenes videos already assembled for the doctor who uh, the daleks uh poster as well as the secret history poster you can of course head over to patreon to to get a glimpse of those and then um subscribe uh for more um this time of year, you know, it's always so hard. We're always looking for places to uh, help out and, and, and give uh, back to. And of course, I will always say that the Trevor Project and Doctors Without Borders are two that are very near and dear to my heart. I shared some posts on social media on Giving Tuesday about that. Um, I, I support them. You know, I, I donated. Uh, you know, it's funny. I had realized that I hadn't donated um this year yet, uh, just with everything that's been going on. And so I donated on Giving Tuesday um, to both of those charities. And um, they will always continue to be charities that I support um, and, and find incredibly important. Of course, that there's places in your community that you can help out and um, do a little something extra for, whether it's donating time or money. Um, please do, you know, if you're if you're if you if you're able to. And, and if you're in a position where you need help, don't be afraid to ask for it. Don't be afraid to reach out. Whatever kind of help you might need, there's there's definitely uh, outlets for it um, that go even beyond friends and family. Because as much as we love and appreciate our friends and family and derive so much support uh, from them, this time of year in particular, sometimes they can also be a source of frustration and stress and instability. And sometimes we need to look elsewhere to, to find uh, something to to lean on and, and other people to lean on. And, and they exist. And there's uh, a lot of places out there that we can go and, and make phone calls, uh, you know, or, or walk into a meeting or whatever the case might be, uh, in order to to get a little help. And I'm certainly grateful for all the people in my life that have uh, uh, been a source of support right now. And um, in particular, for my, my own personal observer right now, who's been pretty incredible and amazing. And, uh, um, yeah, there's a lot of, um, a lot, a lot of stuff this time of year that comes out. So uh, don't be afraid to ask for help. And uh, if you're in a position to give help, um, please do. And if after all of that, you still uh, would like to support the podcast, head over to patreon.com slash fates wide wheel. You can sign up at any donor level and you will be given access to the behind the scenes videos, uh, to lots of other behind the scenes content, um, as well as early release uh, on videos um, when possible. Um, and there's a lot of other really cool stuff coming in the very near future. In fact, there should be something um, in your stocking, so to speak, um, by the time the uh, um, first half of the season is over. So before Christmas, you should see something. 
extra. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, so, so JJ and I will be coming back with some more episodes, um, sort of to kind of fill in while we wait for quantum leap to come back. I have no news on when quantum leap will return or on what day and time it does look like, uh, as, as other people have mentioned, um, uh, I know Stacy over at Corman Productions um, on the Facebook page. She's been very, very good about posting updates and stuff like that. And, um, you know, with the scheduling that NBC has released, it does look like um, we might not see Quantum Leap back at the Wednesday 8 p.m. Eastern time slot, um, at least not right away. It does look like the Chicago shows are coming back to fill that slot. Now, it could be just based off the way production is running that maybe they do something where, you know, we've got a slew of Chicago episodes for four or five weeks, then they take a break while they maybe kind of get caught up. Then we get the other five quantum leap and then the Chicago shows come back. Maybe that's not how it'll happen at all. Maybe quantum leap will move to Tuesdays at 10, which looks like it may be a spot where, um, you know, where they could fit. Uh, who knows? Uh, I really don't have a lot of clarity on that right now. And again, I just haven't asked. It's just, I, I, sometimes in doing something like this and I see it from other outlets, um, I think we get a little too eager to, have all the information and we, we make contact with people. And, um, for me, it's always been important to, you know, see the human being and talk to the human being. And I've developed such an appreciation for uh, who these people are as, as, as artists, but also just as humans. And, um, you know, with this particular show and focusing on this particular thing, uh, I've just been able to have the good fortune to meet and dialogue with a lot of really, really good people. Um, and sometimes I just don't really feel like, you know, sending that message and saying, Hey, uh, can you tell me more about this? Um, I'm not a journalist, you know, I don't have to be, I don't have to be first with all the facts. I don't have to, to know everything. And, um, you know, I know nothing. So, uh, and I'm okay with that. And, and, and when I do learn anything, if I do learn anything before it's put out there officially, certainly if I can share it, I will. Um, you know, I do know obviously that the show will of course be coming back. Uh, I believe that it'll probably be, you know, I know I can say this. I know that there was initially a desire from the network to have the show back as soon as possible after the new year, just like last year. With the way that things have changed, with the strike resolving, with, you know, the schedule being put out the way that it has, it looks as though maybe they're giving it a little more time. I don't know how to feel about that. There's been a lot of momentum from the show. Uh, Secret History is one of the highest rated episodes of the series, period. Um, you would hope that that would be able to continue. We'll see what happens with 207 and 208. I think it will. I think there's buzz. I think people are excited. I think the show is, is definitely opening itself up to a wider audience as the quality you know continues to grow, as these storylines continue to deepen, as the accessibility via streaming with Peacock is, uh, is so readily available. I, I just think that the show is growing and it's a beautiful thing to see. And I hope that it continues to do that. And I hope that scheduling decisions don't impede that in any way. And I don't think they were. I'm not going to be all doom and gloom about it. I think that we're absolutely going to be able to see continued growth for the show throughout the rest of season two and into, fingers crossed, season three. Um, we've seen some early renewals for some shows. I think Irrational and Found. Um, just because Quantum Leap's not on the list, it's no reason to worry. 
at all you know that could just have to do with contractual stuff wanting to get you know uh people you know jesse martin guaranteed for you know three more seasons or whatever the case may be i'm just making stuff up now um you know it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with uh um the desire to have like quantum leap back in, in the same token that when quantum leap got renewed so early last season it wasn't necessarily like this is the greatest show that we've ever done and we have to renew it as soon as possible um you know as much as it was obviously a lot of other the logistical things that went behind it so um just because we haven't necessarily heard renewal stuff already doesn't mean that it's a not already in the works and b uh, not going to happen um let's see uh what else did i want to mention scheduling oh i will say this that if i had to if i had to make a best guess i'm just kind of going to assume that uh based off of what we've seen and how far out the scheduling is that we will probably see ql back on the air by end of january early february I could be completely wrong about that, but that's just kind of my guess right now. So I would say last week of January, first week of February, um, if it's earlier, awesome. But uh, based off of the scheduling stuff that's been put out by NBC th thus far, I'm just going to guess that that's probably what we'll what we'll get, which is great. It gives them an opportunity to, you know, to shoot these episodes, get this work done. Um, it'll be really interesting to kind of see, uh, um, you know, what the... Uh, rest of the process for the end of the season is like what the, you know, kind of what the tone um, for not only these episodes, but also just for the work going on behind it is as, as we, as we kind of go in there. I mean, obviously everyone's very excited and, and, and very positive about the work as near as I can tell. Um, you know, speaking of kind of business stuff and, and behind the scenes stuff, I, I don't know how many people are cognizant of this and it's something that to to be completely frank i i don't know all the specifics on um so i'll just say that before i talk too much about it but as many of you may know or as many of you may not know i don't know uh the deal that helped to end the strike has not been ratified yet so there's still a vote waiting to happen on that by sag aftra yes or no um as to whether or not they're going to accept this deal and uh i i've seen a lot of misinformation um you know i've seen a lot of for lack of a better word propaganda um and it's it's strange to me at this point some of what i'm seeing especially from uh, people who are indeed members of sag aftra because it, it it seems to me that there seems to be this lack of understanding of exactly what will happen um the you know the gist of what i can say and what i do know is is that if there is a no vote on the deal and the deal gets pushed back and does not actually go through the the following things will not happen right away there will not be a strike right away people will continue working they will work under the 2020 deal they will continue to do that work until a call for a strike occurs if that strike is approved they will then go on strike again and we'll be in the same situation that we were in for the last few months if that happens they have to go back to the negotiating table they do not start with the deal that they currently have they would have to start from square one and rework a new deal from the ground up now, i know that there may be some people out there that say well surely they'd be able to basically get what they already wanted or surely this no no not surely this because at this particular point if they have to do that the chance of alienating the uh you know the the, the producer side of this the studio side of this rather um is a lot higher because at that point the seasons are already going to be ruined so the idea that they could wait that strike out even longer now and not really you know worry as much about it is, is higher yes there's going to be 
money lost. Yes, there's going to be, you know, projects canceled, et cetera. But, you know, as we can already tell, that's not something that, that, that folks are too concerned about. You know, we're still hearing the, the Zaslavs and the Igers make asinine comments in the press about art, which they don't seem to know jack shit about. Um, so it's it's frustrating to 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 hear sometimes and as i'm not a member of the union i certainly can't tell anyone what to do right um if if they feel strongly that this deal should not be ratified then they should vote no absolutely they should but uh i've i've literally seen um and and heard conversation between members of the union talking about these things uh and 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 not having a true comprehension of what would happen if a if a no vote went you know went through or even if a yes vote went through for that matter. Obviously, if it's yes, the deal's good for another few years. And, um, and it gives them a place to work from, you know, a few years from now. So it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting situation. But again, it's also not a situation where if there's a no vote, we don't just go right back to the strike, it would have to be approved again, which means work would continue. Um, you know, it would not necessarily be great, obviously, but it also would not necessarily spell the end of season two or the end of some of these shows, but it could, it very well could. I think studios would be a lot more hesitant to renew shows if a no vote went through. So when it comes to television, I think that there would be a lot of shows that were just canceled part and parcel because, you know, why bother? We're not going to be able to even guarantee that we're going to get to work on a season three. So we might as well just say the heck with it. Um, Time will tell, and I'm no expert, so take what I've said with a grain of salt. Um, you know, let's see. Personally, uh, it's been a really weird, you know, couple of weeks. Obviously, there's been a lot going on. I was sick, then I was getting better, then everybody else got sick in the house, then I got sick again. I've been in rehearsals for this show. Uh, you know, I got a haircut recently. I'm not wearing it in my, you know, kind of slightly out of fashion mid seventies mod style that I have for the show. But as you can tell, it looks a little different than normal. Um, and, um, as is the facial hair, uh, you know, the show has been interesting and maybe one day I'll, I'll talk more about it, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a show and, and it's work and they are gracious enough to pay me for my efforts. So, yay. Um, I already started work on the next show, um, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, it's a fantastic show. It's a newer show. It's called cry it out. Um, and, uh, if you're familiar with the Netflix television program made, it's written by, uh, the creator and writer of that television program. And, uh, she's wonderful. The script is really, really, uh, a delight in a lot of ways and, uh, to get the chance to work on it. Um, especially considering there's only one male presenting character in the show. And that's, I mean, regardless of my gender identity is, is certainly, um, where I'm going to be, uh, uh, fitted in, uh, for the most part, um, is, 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 is great. And, uh, I, I love the opportunity to work on a show that, um, revolves so much around parenthood. Um, and in particular, and, you know, in this script, it is, it is very focused on, on motherhood and what that means. And the truth be told, especially since the pandemic, um, you know, I've been able to identify with that aspect that traditional gender stereotyped aspect of, of, of our society and our culture, um, to a great deal, um, sometimes to my own detriment where it's difficult for me to read certain articles because it's so focused on on mothering and I feel like well, I'm a parent too and, and and I don't fit exactly what you're talking about but I know what you're talking about because I've experienced that from you know from the standpoint of being a stay-at-home parent and, um, and filling that role in so many ways that you know like it's talked about, but anyway, um, so, so that aspect is, is great. And I, and I, I love getting to do the work, um, and, uh, there's more opportunities on the horizon. So I'm sure you'll probably hear little bits and bobbles about that along the way. 
Um, everything else is, is, you know, is going along all right. Uh, the holiday season can be difficult, especially for those that uh, are, are addicts and, and suffer from any sort of depression from time to time. But, you know, I really am doing all right. And I'm getting a lot of, um, a lot of little boosts here and there for some from some wonderful sources and inspiration. Um, you know, I've, I've, I found a wealth of inspiration from some pretty amazing and incredible people who I'm lucky to know. And, um, and that's been, that's made all the difference. It really, really has. And uh, I, again, would encourage anyone who's struggling in any way, you know, whether or not it's with, with drink or drugs or, um, you know, any kind of depression or mental health, uh, to, to, you know, ask for help. And, uh, and realize that sometimes that help does not necessarily come from the people that you think you're closest to. Um, and you know, as wonderful as friends and family can be, sometimes you need uh, a little help beyond that. And it can be very difficult to ask for it. And and then I completely understand. And, um, you know, it's, it's difficult and it's hard, but, uh, resources are absolutely there. And, um, you know, sometimes the greatest resource you can possibly find, um, just comes from opening up a little bit in here and, and, and finding, um, finding your superpower, um, which oftentimes starts with vulnerability. And, uh, and I think that if, if you are struggling with that in any way, um, you know, do the hard thing and just open yourself up a little bit say yes. And, and, and I think you might find that there is a, a wealth, uh, of, of kindness and generosity and help to be offered out there. Um, sometimes I guess the best thing that I can do as hollow as it might sound standing on the other side of sitting, sitting on the other side of the screen as I see you and I hear you, um, and I feel seen and I feel heard because of you. So thank you so much for that. And I would just uh, encourage you all to take care of yourselves and stay safe out there and treat one another with kindness, um, at all times, but especially this time of year, because it's difficult. It's a, it's, it's a difficult time for a lot of folks. Um, you know, when you look across the aisle, when you look across the room, realize that there might be somebody sitting over there struggling in ways that you can't possibly imagine. And maybe they're struggling in the same ways that you are. And uh, if you give them grace, maybe you'll find grace in return. So um, that's my spiel. Um, I'm going to go drink some tea, listen to some music, read a book. I've actually, I'll talk about this for a moment. Is it here? Oh, it's not here. It doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, I've actually been reading a biography of Bruce Lee recently, which has been fascinating to me. Um, you know, growing up as a kid, uh, I think there's a lot of you know, people that go through this phase where, you know, Bruce Lee is someone who is so iconic. You, you know, you end up watching his movies. Um, you know, maybe you take a couple martial arts classes, maybe you take more than a couple, uh, and, um, you know, you read some books and, you know, you get your yin yang pendant and, and et cetera. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, maybe you kind of just grow out of it. It was a phase or whatever, but, uh, I, I think I've always had such a deep appreciation for, um, you know, some of the philosophy that, that he espoused and certainly the way that he did it was so different from the way that I think Western ears had, had, had really heard it or received it before. And he was a fascinating individual and certainly no saint and certainly someone that, uh, uh had his own issues and his own, uh, ego to wrestle with at times. But, such an interesting life and, and, and what a, what a wonderful, um, you know, time capsule his story is in so many ways and some of the things that he experienced. And, uh, here's an anecdote that was fascinating to me, not for any of the other reasons I'm talking about, but, um, just because again, it, it intersects with so many things, uh, that, that are, that are at once, uh, horrifying and controversial and, uh, and dark humor and, you know, and comical and, 
you know, you find yourself asking so many questions that come out of it. And I think that that's kind of exemplary of, of, of not only good writing, um, you know, the book is well written, but also just the, the way that history and these stories can affect us. And, and when we recontextualize them in new times, um, he was very good friends with Steve McQueen and, uh, he was good friends with Roman Polanski actually. And, um, he was invited. He was also very good friends with Jay Sebring, um, who was a Hollywood hairdresser. And uh, the name may be familiar to a lot of folks because he was also, of course, one of the victims uh, of the Tate LaBianca murders um, that the Manson family perpetrated in 69. And uh, he um, was actually invited to uh, a party uh, with all of them. Um, now, I don't think he was invited to the the Polanski house the night of the murders, but Steve McQueen was. Um, McQueen didn't end up showing up, um, but but obviously uh, the the horrifying crime that was committed that night, you know, shook the, that community. And 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 Bruce, you know, knew Sharon Tate. He'd worked with Sharon Tate, um, as, you know, kind of offering like fight advice and stuff on the Dean Martin uh, movie that she did. Um, and um, you know, and obviously was was good friends with Jay Sebring. Jay Sebring was honestly one of his earliest friends um, in Hollywood because uh, Sebring was interested in the martial arts and had seen um, um, Bruce Lee at the uh, Long Beach Karate uh, Tournament, and uh, uh, and basically they they traded. Uh, Bruce Lee gave Sebring martial arts lessons. Sebring gave Bruce Lee haircuts, um, and at the time that was a big deal because Sebring was charging like fifty, sixty, seventy dollars a haircut at a time when you could get a haircut for like a buck fifty. So you know he was. And and he was considered like someone that that could hook you up, right? Like you walked into Sebring's hair studio, you got your hair cut and you walked out, you know, knowing that Steve McQueen was working on such and such project with such and such producer. And here's the phone number of an assistant and call them and maybe, you know, you can get a job or something like that. So anyway, um, you know, Lee knew these people. And uh, after the murders, you know, Polanski was was a wreck. And he launched his own private investigation um, to to try to find the, the perpetrators. And one of the pieces of evidence at the crime scene were uh, a pair of glasses, uh, eyeglasses, and uh, they, they could not trace who the eyeglasses belonged to. And Bruce and Polanski were working out at one point, And Bruce mentioned that he'd lost his eyeglasses. And Polanski so, you know, his, his, his fervor was so great. He offered to buy Lee new glasses, took him to the, you know, the optician to get this all taken care of, to find out what his prescription was to see if they matched the eyeglasses that were found at the crime scene. They didn't, you know, Polanski's relieved. He buys his friend these glasses. And the interesting thing that kind of came out of this is that Polanski actually became closer to Bruce after this and, and vice versa but he never told Bruce that that's what happened. Um, you know, that that's why he bought them, bought him the glasses, that it wasn't just a token of friendship. It was also because he wanted to find out if Bruce had been in the house that night. Um, and it's just such an, such a, you know, as I'm reading the story, I'm like, my gosh, this is, I, I don't know how to take all of this in. And, and, and obviously, you know, Polanski is certainly a disturbing individual for many, many, many reasons, but um, there's, there's clearly also this element that you cannot help but ignore about the, the, the horrific circumstances to which he loses his young wife and unborn child. And, uh, you know, is obviously, I, I think the, the, the grief and the way that he channeled that grief and then, you know, having a friend like Bruce Lee and, and just, it, it, it's a really interesting little bit of story. And it, it, you know, takes up like basically half a page in the book, 
book, but it certainly stuck with me as being something that I was fascinated by. Um, but you, you learn so much about Bruce that I didn't know before, including a lot about his childhood, a lot about the films that he made in Hong Kong before he moved to uh, um, the United States. He was kind of something of sort of like a child star um not quite maybe not quite at that level but he was in quite a few movies in hong kong before he ever moved to the united states um you know really technically maybe only a star in like two or three of them but uh, uh yeah fascinating fascinating life and and i love also one of the things i love about books like this is when they are able to contextualize certain events so you learn a lot about kind of the the history of of, of hong kong history of china the history of some of these movie studios that he worked for um you know not only the american studios but the hong kong studios the way filmmaking differed in hong kong compared to the united states the way television production worked a lot of the behind the scenes stuff about you know, Green Hornet and and Kung Fu and unproduced stuff like Kelsey and the Silent Flute, um, which the stuff about the Silent Flute is fascinating. I I knew a little bit about it, but when it actually gets into the nuts and bolts of it, you're just sort of like, wow, Bruce and James Coburn like were just throwing it all out there to say the least. And some of the scene descriptions that they wrote apparently, it's like this this movie was going to be X rated. Um, not just for violence, but anyway, uh, it, it's been fun, um, reading that. So I'll, I'll throw that out there. Uh, uh, you know, I, again, I try to cover all my bases when it comes to pop culture, film, television, and quantum leap. Um, speaking of something that, sorry for the rustling in the background that kind of fits under all those bills. I haven't even opened this yet. Um, that, that kind of, uh, uh, hits the, the television pop culture and quantum leap perhaps tangentially, uh, is the, Sandman first season is now out on 4K uh, Ultra HD Blu-ray. I'm very, very, very excited uh, to throw this in and uh, catch up on some of this and the special features, etc. Uh, of course, there's there's our Mason right over there, as desire. Um, and um, yeah, it's the uh, what is it, 35th anniversary, I believe, the 35th anniversary of the first issue of Sandman recently. Uh, if you've not read the comic, I certainly encourage you to. I think that uh, it's it's fantastic. It really is a masterpiece of storytelling. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, Neil is, is fantastic. Uh, the show is great too. So I'm um, looking forward to, to, you know, being able to throw that in on physical media, see if I can notice the difference, which you know, probably not, but, but maybe, maybe, you know, let's be honest. It is, it is better. It is definitely better. Um, uh, but anyway, um, yeah, that's, 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 that's definitely all I got. I've run out of steam. I've almost run out of voice. Uh, I will just reiterate once again, take care of yourselves, take care of one another, stay safe out there. And remember to always, always, always leap responsibly. <laughs>